You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. A young Vitaly Valui roamed the streets of Minsk, Belarus, angry at the world. His parents worked long hours, leaving him and his younger brother to fend for themselves. Vitaly, who had taken up judo at age seven, got his kicks by fighting and getting into trouble, mostly because of a bad attitude. By the time he was 13, he spent most of his time on the streets. He and his brother earned money by washing people's cars at a local hotel. He connected with a group of Americans with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, who introduced him to American sports through Sports Spectrum magazine. He was intrigued, so he dug in further, which changed his life. Partly because of what he read in Sports Spectrum and partly because of his own love of sports, Vitaly decided that sports could be used to impact young people for Christ. The concept of sports ministry was completely foreign to the people of Belarus, but Valuli saw that sports might be a way to reach the young people who found church boring and irrelevant. For the past 25 years, he's used sports like rugby, soccer, and basketball to impact the lives of young people throughout Belarus. Believe it or not, he and I are often mistaken for each other, as you can see if you're on, watching on, on YouTube, you can see from a photo of the two of us taken in Poland in 2018. Vitaly, welcome to Sports Connections. Oh, thanks, David. It's, it's great to be back, man. Yeah, it's good to, good to connect with you. I wish we could be together in person, but uh, we'll have to do it this way for now. Um, I want you to start with your early years. You were, you were kind of a rough kid. Yes, yes. I grew up, you know, in the in the family. Just my dad was a uh, a man who built the houses. He he worked in Ukraine, crane, and my mom was uh, all all the time. She was uh, uh, working in the kindergarten, so she was uh, so busy, and he was so busy, and they don't really have so much time for us. So we we don't like school during these days, and we decide to survive because my parents cannot give us what we want. So we start when Soviet Union broke up, we start, you know, it became a freedom and we start to do, you know, much stuff that we cannot do. And we can see so many foreigners start to come to Belarus and uh, yeah. And then we wash cars and we was in trouble during these days. And we found that some foreigners came to Belarus and they, we was wondering who is this foreigners and we, during these days, we don't know any English, but we just want to and come from them, you know, and we, it was interesting for us, you know, to connect, to, to talk with them, but we don't, we don't speak any English. We use translators and every day we try to go and see them. And after that, they, they moved back and forward. It was YWAM uh, outreach team who came to Belarus in 1993. And uh, afterwards, you know, YWAM established in Belarus and this missionary started to invest in us. And uh, when I was 18, I joined a Bible school. It's called Discipleship Training School with YWAM. It was actually the first uh, discipleship training school in Belarus, and after that, you know, I, I decided uh, to follow God and uh, serving for God. And during these days, we I don't know what to do because all I can do is sports because I I trained when I was a young kid. I did judo, and then 
<clears throat> I start sports ministry in the church because many many teenagers uh, don't like stuff in church, and I decide to help these teenagers and I start playing soccer with them. And then my pastor encouraged me, you know, and uh, he invest. He helped me to rent a gym and rent a hall, and then you know this start going on. Yeah, a little bit of the story, but then I can tell you about how rugby started, all the stuff. Yeah, this was big. Yeah, but we'll we'll get into some of that. I want to go back a little bit to the to the early years, though. Before we go too far, you were you very easily could have ended up in prison or even dead because of the lifestyle you had chosen. How close were you to ending up in in serious trouble? Oh yeah, it was almost every day we we've been in trouble because during these days. We have so much mafia in the street, and uh, the mafia like us because uh, we we know how to fight. Because we, I, I did judo and boxing, and uh, they really, you know, want to use us to fight in the street. Okay, so you you definitely needed to change your your perspective. How did your encounter with YWAM impact you? Yeah, it was an interesting story because YWAM was, who was, you know, American, key American, you know, guys, they just keep loving me. Uh, it doesn't matter how we look like, how we dress, how we dirty work. They just keep keep loving us and keep receiving us. And we was wondering why, why is it doing this? And we start to search. Why is these guys like us? We were so bad kids but they just show love to us this is what we saw after that yeah and it, it, i've heard your story before obviously we've been friends for a number of years uh, it's not that they preached to you they just loved on you they just they just yes. showed you that they believed in in your potential and that they wanted to be friends with you and the rest of it came as a result of that they didn't come out and say you know, you're bad, you need to change things, you need to get your life turned around. Is that correct? Yes, they just received me who I am. This is, you know, they just show me love, love of Jesus, you know. They just accept me. It doesn't matter if I was drunk or if I was, you know, have a bad attitude or if I swear like a crazy because I don't know any English only. Swearing English. This is yeah, but they still love me. Yeah. Okay. Um, now you were a pretty good soccer player, if I remember correctly. Um, and in fact, that was your main sport early on. Is that correct? I I'm not a pro soccer player. I just I just play all my life soccer in the street, and you know because I know how to play soccer and I know how to fight, so I decide to you know head out with kids in the street and just playing soccer with them because it's easy way for me to be with them and to show them attitude and to show them what the sports and how you can be a real good athlete. And, you know, that's, yeah. So early on, sports were just something to occupy your time. But once you got impacted by YWAM, you saw sports as a way to reach other kids doing the same thing those those guys from YWAM did with you, just loving on you, just, 
you know, you just impacted the kids. You didn't, you didn't judge them for the way they were dressed or how they acted. You just use sports to bring them in and then you impacted them in the same way. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's true. This is really true. And, you know, I just, I just see what YWAMR did in my life and I decide, you know, to, to do what and how we can invest and how can influence young generation who was in the street. Okay. Yeah. Like like Mike, like yeah. Go ahead. This is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still doing that, aren't you? I mean, you you've been with YWAM either officially or unofficially for I don't want to say how old you are, but for uh, a generation. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been in YWAM uh, almost 25 years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, one of the interesting stories that you've told me through the years is how you got involved with rugby, because rugby is not something that you were playing as a youth. But you tell us how you got involved in that. And then I want to I've got to follow up on that because you became a pretty good rugby player and coach. Yeah, it was it was a crazy, but it's really a powerful story, uh, you know, because during these days, long time ago, around. I start to run, you know, the sports ministry with YWAM and then, you know, some churches got involved. And then one of uh, South African missionary guy who came to Belarus uh, in 2002, maybe, I don't remember, or 2003. And then he found out to some of the YWAM friends that I run sports ministry. And he said, hey, man. Let's let's try add another another sport. It's a new sport in your country, and I said, "Why not?" So we just <laughs> we just uh, have a meeting, and we just go go on the street, you know, in the next to the school. It was a pitch, and we start to throw the ball, and we see so many kids come and they want to see what's what is what does ball look like, and and then we he. And we invite some other kids, and then we we start our first first team. That when I play, and I was uh, I was a coach, and then he left, and I coached for a while, and then we found other teams playing, and then we decide to make federation. And after that, we make like rugby union federation in, in Belarus. It was amazing because we doesn't have any funds we just make by miracle and afterwards you know we during these days i got injured i blew up my acl and i quit playing but i was still involved uh, with rugby organized competition refereeing and uh, just just travel with with team like a chaplain and sharing sharing my life is that it's interesting we have never competed against each other because the two times that we were uh, at the basketball camp i had leg injury so i couldn't play on the basketball court but i i affectionately and jokingly refer to you on the basketball court as a rugby player playing basketball that rugby fits you i mean you are a you are a brick house that there's an expression here in the USA brick house means you are, you are one solid guy. And if the ball is, is close to you, you're going to, you may go through people. <laughs> Rugby is a perfect sport for you, isn't it? 
Thanks, David. Yes, because I, <laughs> I, I did judo, and I like to fight in the street. It was like my hobby, you know, everyday fighting for the life, you know, to survive. That's really helped me. Yeah. Okay. Now you ended up being, uh, and I don't remember the exact award, but basically the top coach in the tournament in an international tournament. It wasn't just you know within the, the boundaries was, of Belarus. Uh, it was. It was not top coach. I was top manager. Top manager. The, yeah, top manager during the Europe Championship in Bosnia Herzegovina. It's a former Yugoslavia. Maybe six, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. That, that had to make you feel good since it wasn't your your natural sport. You had to learn it to be to be the top manager at that international tournament. That had to make you feel pretty good, didn't it? Yes, yes. I, I was I was wondering why they nominated me a top manager during this uh, qualification championship. But it was really amazing how the teammates, how my team really support me and really encourage me what they did. Now, you're still coaching uh, or managing rugby, and are you also doing soccer? What what all are what are the, what all sports are you involved in currently? Yeah, these days I'm I'm more organized or helping refereeing competition like beach rugby and uh, helping with. Uh, at tournaments and we we're gonna travel to Russia. I hope this summer and also my boys also play sometimes rugby. So I'm helping them and coach. My Are they kids. playing soccer or rugby or basketball or all of them? No, I I coach just kids rugby and of okay. course. One of my one of my younger son, he's a soccer player, but I coach him, of course. But he have trained every day, and sometimes he gets tired of soccer. I hear you. I hear you. Um, this is more of a general question, Vitali. Uh, why are sports such a good tool for reaching young people, regardless of what message you're trying to reach them with? In your case, you're trying to reach them with the Christian message, but why are sports such a good tool, regardless of what that message is? Because it's a it's a simple. You don't need a lot of tools, a lot of stuff just to reach. You just need a ball, you know, and just uh, talk, talk and receive and uh, encourage guys. And then you know, you just need to show that you're not normal coach. You're a different coach. And then the guys will start to waiting for you every day when you're able to go. And they're going to chat with you and say, when you can come and teach us. Because they want something more just a sport. They yeah, they, they to see, to put words in your mouth, they, they see that you're interested in them beyond the sport. But the sport is kind of the bridge to get, yeah. to, get to know them better. Yes, yes, that's, that's right. Okay. Well, I, I hate to throw this question out at you because you've already been involved in it for so long, but what are your long-term goals for, for your sports ministry, whether it's adding different sports or going to other countries or just making things stronger in Belarus? I want, I want to impact other leaders. I, I think it's time for me to go and teach other sports leaders to 
uh, how to re- how re- how to reach uh, the nations, how to reach the athletes. This is uh, I want to give just my experience, what I had, what I have for my twenty five years experience with uh, camps and uh, coaches. Yeah, but my and of course I, I want to invest so much stuff what I can and coaches in, in Belarus and young leaders, sport leaders here. It's interesting. People who've been involved in ministry for a while and, you know, I was involved with FCA and, and our mutual friend Dima Rechkovsky talks about how, you know, the different impact that coaches had when he was younger and he wants to train coaches in the Ukraine that you can coach in a positive manner rather than a negative manner. Is that true in Belarus that a lot of people experience coaches from a, um, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but from a Soviet method, which was more intimidation based, and you're trying to teach them, uh, you know, how to coach and how to lead from a positive aspect? Yes, yes. This is sometimes it's hard for me when I see how the coach t- teach my kid how to, how to play his attitude. And it's so much, so much just what, what they see, what they hear, my heart is breaking because I don't want this. And uh, I, what, what I start to do now, I build relationship with this coach and other coaches and start to play uh, soccer every Saturday. So every Saturday I go play and we go to the sauna and we have conversation afterwards. And I, I try to invest in other coaches, how to be a real coach, not just be a Soviet coach who will gonna swear on you or be, you know, be ugly to the kids because what they see is not normal. So, yeah. But, yeah. So it, it, I'm careful to try to try to help other coaches because they don't see uh, they don't see who is coach and who is coach can be. You know, because they only see how uh, how when they were small how the coach coach them. This is different. Yeah, it, it's it's really a cool model, and and I, I see that here in the states as well. But especially in in areas where um, it, that wasn't always the way it was done, that it was done through intimidation, and to to see to invest in people, to not look at at your athletes as commodities, to not look at them as you know uh, property or something like that, but to look at them as as individuals, to look at them as people. And that you're investing in them beyond what they can do on the pitch or the or the field or the track or the court or whatever uh, the the field of competition has to be. That's really cool to see, and, and I'm I'm glad to hear that you're now investing. And you have been all along, but that your your effort you're concentrating on helping the next level because you're not going to be around forever. But if you if your impact is to help this group of coaches then that group of coaches can help the next group of coaches and you can have a, a long lasting impact long after you've retired from, uh, from coaching. Yes. All right. Now I see over your shoulder, your beautiful family, your wife, your daughter, your two boys, just tell us about, I, I like to get, um, I give everybody the chance to do this, especially when I know how proud you are of your family. So tell us about your wife and your kids. Yeah, I have a one wife. And we will have anniversary, 7th of July. It will be 20 years anniversary since we get married. And she's a Russian girl from Moscow. So 
I told everyone I stole her from Moscow and brought her to Belarus. <laughs> and uh, okay. you know, she decided to choose me. I was a crazy guy, and she knew, she knew that I'm a crazy, so she moved from Moscow to Belarus. And uh, she's amazing. She's really helpful. She really encouraged and support wherever you know during the 20 years she was always staying stay next to her, next to me next to the kids and i have a daughter who is 18 she's uh, uh she study in lcc university in klaipeda which is lithuania mm -hmm. and she really loved to be there and uh, she already done her first year and uh, she came for for holiday for holidays for vacation for a couple of months in Belarus, and then she's gone back. And uh, she she really loved. She really said, "Dad, thanks so much for believing in me. Thanks so much for helping me to go there." So she's really excited about that. And my my middle boy boy who is uh, thirteen years old, he's uh, will be fourteen. He's teenager. He'll be fourteen in October. He his name is Tim and. Uh, he liked to play basketball, but uh, he's. I think he loves more extreme sports. So he liked to, he liked to use his scooter and you know jumping around the city and uh, go to different parts and use his scooters. Yeah, and my younger one, who is just turned eight years oh, and ten years old, he is a soccer player or football player. He played science. He was four, so he played for six years, and he wanted to be a pro player, which is mean he's now <clears throat> pro player because everyday training and now uh, he go every day to the soccer camp for three weeks. So, so all all his life is soccer in the morning. Yeah. So he say that uh, yeah, that's that's my mm -hmm. three kids. Well, tell Tina I said hello. He's the only one that I know. I, I know of the others. I know of your wife and your daughter and your little boy. But uh, I've been I've been with Tina, and so tell him tell him that I said hello. It, it's it's interesting. Um, so, so many people when they when they talk about their family, they light up, and you know they they get really excited, get a big grin on their face. And I've never seen somebody in in the you know, all of the, the interviews that I've done on the podcast get get a, a better face than you did when I ask about your family. I know they're very, very precious to you and you have had a big impact. And, you know, the, you're coaching. I don't, I don't remember if your daughter played any sports, but you're coaching your boys, but you're doing it with the same attitude that you're trying to teach other coaches. You know, I've seen you coaching Timna at, uh, at basketball camp. And, you know, he was the youngest kid there and probably the smallest and was having trouble keeping up. And you were encouraging him. Good shot, Tina. Way to play defense. Things like that. You were doing it from from a positive standpoint, which tells me as as an outsider that you're, you know, their expression here, you're practicing what you preach. You're encouraging. You're encouraging him. So I think that's really cool. Thanks, David. Thanks, man. All right. Of course. I'm gonna tell him be high from you, and uh, he really miss Poland. He really miss basketball camp. He really miss Pro-Am. and I hope very soon we will be able to go because right now 
we are shut down with all the borders for yeah. our nation. Yeah, it's, it's paining me. We're coming up on the uh, on the camp dates and and just to not be able to go is just really is really difficult for me. All right, last question. I always like to wrap up with this and you can interpret the question however you want. You can answer it however you want. But my question is, what is your legacy? Uh, what do you mean my legacy? Okay, uh, I didn't know if that was a if that was more of an American expression. Basically, how do you want to be remembered? Okay, I just uh, I think if I will be <clears throat> if I will be gone from this earth, I think that people can remember me as a crazy sport coach or crazy guy who who just give and try to give everything he can to change the athlete's life. All right. Great way to do it. I, my, I've shared this with different people. My all-time favorite uh, response to that question was a, a, a professional football player retired uh, in the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I'm ta obviously talking about American football here who said he, he wants his legacy to be, said, I want to live my life so the preacher doesn't have to lie when I, at my funeral. <laughs> so when he's saying good things, they can actually be true. So, well, Vitaly, it is good to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time. I guess it's evening there. It's morning here, um, but it's not too far ahead. So we can actually talk when both of us are awake. It's good to catch up with you. And, and if not until next year, I'll see you in Poland in the summer of 2022. Thanks, David. It's great, great to see you, man. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.